0: Welcome back to Sector One, the first stop you should make for your motorsport fix. I'm Meris and I'm joined by Sid, Lily, and Devon. And today we're going to go for our first race review of the Bahrain Grand Prix. So I'm going to hand over to Devon, who's going to explain the first part of our review.
1: Yes, yeah, so we have come up with uh, three sections for our uh, race review podcast, the first of which is a uh, rate View Pyramid. Uh, so if any of you are familiar with Dance Mums, you may have seen a similar concept uh, where each of the uh, dancers were ranked in a pyramid. Um, obviously, we can't do this with all of the drivers because that would take ages um, to come and decide on an order for 20 drivers, but we have picked a selection of drivers um, all the way down from people who we think just have not performed at all up to the best performers. So we've got six drivers um, in a sliding scale, if you will, that we've put into a pyramid, um, just of kind of notable moments in the race, I guess. Abby Lee who? So this
2: is the pyramid. Are we ready for our bottom driver? Yeah. Yeah. Single man, reveal yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He's not <laughs> <laughs> there we go A single man revealed himself <laughs> at the bottom we have nikita mazapin who who wants to explain this who can explain to me why nikita's down here
3: i'll What's explain it <laughs> yeah he just again his perform- performance doesn't anything that you can really rank at all he
2: had you know? two and a half lap corners right
3: yeah you know Rookies make mistakes, you know, rookie error we can call, like, the has card does look undrivable, like, we can say that. Mm. Rookie errors, expect, well, say expected a bit more, you know, did we? But just didn't really do anything notable apart from crash. That crash honestly gave me flashbacks. I was
2: petrified. Yeah, and I saw moment.
3: people laughed, like, straight away, like, people at heart, and I just thought, why would you do that? yeah yeah at least make sure he's okay first yeah but yeah he didn't really do anything notable he was just he he was just there or barely there actually
2: something that was actually really nice if you watched any of the post-race interviews is he was really apologetic to the team he was like yeah hands down this was my fault he put too much throttle on when going into the corner and just lost the rear the car is comparable to bambi on ice i would have to say Um, yeah, the car just looks horrific and we know they're not putting any effort into it. Pietro Fittipaldi, who's obviously involved in Haas, actually said that the only upgrades Haas are bringing are coming to Imola. So basically, after Imola, that's how the car's going to be for the rest of the season. Yeah,
3: and there's not really much else we can say about him, just he was there, he had a nice week in Bahrain. Really.
2: He had a nice trip to yeah. Bahrain, didn't he? I
1: don't we know, know that if the- any of you saw the... Um, Jack Aitken's tweet saying that he feels quite good about his 60 laps before he spun in secure. After, after that, I thought it was yeah, really funny. I definitely yeah. saw that.
0: Mm. I mean, Mick spun in the Haas and obviously he was able to control it. I think that shows that the Haas is not a very drivable car. Like regardless, but I saw people saying that Bottas's pit stop was longer than Nikita's race, which I thought was quite funny. But um, there you go
1: or the I've fact that he's he's completed more formation laps than racing laps in his formula one day oh debut. my god that's yes. a bit
3: <laughs>
1: anyways uh,
2: something, something that um they were saying about the Haas car apparently is the fact that you know in qualifying and free practice yes it wasn't performing but it wasn't as bad as how it was in that races in like the the spinning and everything i know nikita has had a few spins however because there were high winds it was a different kind of wind um, they had cold tires from the two formation laps the tires were cooling down too much and so that are kind of the explanations for Maspin's spin the car may handle differently in traffic than it does when it's out on its own in free practice so I think that kind of explains a little bit more as to why we saw such a bad performance from him who's ready for the next one let's go
0: it breaks my heart. that
2: breaks my heart
1: for him to be there but yeah so painful yeah. so painful all
0: of us feel for him mm-hmm.
1: definitely I just think there was nothing going right for him and it wasn't you can't even just say it was down to the car because obviously the incident with Ocon I mean in my opinion it was Seb's fault and he yeah. just he just seemed to not be in the right headspace after after just yeah there's I mean there's obviously good there's you can always take positives from a race weekend and we've heard practically every driver say that in, in their post race interviews this this weekend, but it's it look it's very difficult for Seb to to take any sort of mm. um, positives from it. I think it was just a combination of embedding himself into the team. We all kind of it was hyped up a lot, which I think maybe makes his downfall, if you will, all the more kind of dramatic um yeah, definitely but yeah just nothing nothing seemed to go his way I yeah think- in
0: qualifying he stroll isn't known for being amazing in qualifying and the fact that stroll got to q3 and said sadly couldn't make it out of q1 and it seems like a rookie mistake for him to have gone through the lap and ignored the red the um sorry the yellow flags yeah and it's a weird mistake for him to make because he is one of sort of the veterans of the sport so I think that sort of showed that he felt he was a bit under pressure in that team as well yeah Yeah.
2: Seb's gone from you know he came into the race weekend with zero penalty points and he left with five three from the safe not safety car three from the yellow double yellow flag infringements on the Saturday in Quali, and then two for the incident with Ocon he tried to justify the incident with Ocon in an interview saying that um he switched lines coming into the corner but Esteban didn't he was he it stuck to his like line. That stuck yeah. to the line it was just the fact that Vettel obviously was going for that entrance and exit and locked up making him just absolutely rear end poor Esteban Ocon um yeah but yeah Seb had uh a
0: boring and difficult weekend I think we can yeah. say yeah. I think to his credit that his start of his race was quite good he made quite a few places think up to like 12 13 I was like go on Seb get those points and then it sort of went downhill from there
2: I thought we were on for a really good race for Seb I was like oh my god we're like this close to the points already and we were on like lap two like Seb is back and then you know it all just came crumbling down yeah yeah better luck next time Seb we've got we've got big expectations you've got big boots to fill you can do it pal you can do it yeah Oh, Mr. Rookie, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible.
0: Someone
1: yeah, I think take, we, need to, take... <laughs> we need to point out that on the pyramid, the bottom three is not all bad. It's, you know, we're moving up, we're moving up the scale. Getting better. So Sonoda's definitely kind of in the middle, has done a had, had a solid race. I think, I mean, obviously out of all of the rookies, he was the most impressive um, mm-hmm. to be yeah. in the points in his first def- ever Um F1 debut is pretty, pretty impressive, and I like that he's, you know, there's so much that he can take from this weekend as a positive. But he was so aware of, you know, where he could have improved or where he felt that, um, I know he wasn't very happy with his start. He'd lost quite a few places to start with, but he definitely pulled that back. And I think you can really hear that from, um, the engineers and the feedback that he got from the team over over the radio. They're all really happy with him, and I think. He just had such a, a I mean it's a tale of two halves on from looking at Nikita Mazapin to Yuki Tsunoda I mean they couldn't have had more different weekends but mm. yeah he should he should be so proud of himself because that was yeah. bloody brilliant
3: we then yeah, go... he drove amazingly Sorry, just yeah we just drove amazingly
2: he, he was when he was talking about his lap one he was obviously being overly cautious because he, he was saying he didn't want to damage the car. And when you mm-hmm. think about that from a rookie's perspective, you can completely understand that. I think yeah. I would prefer to have a poor mm-hmm. first lap than, you know, not be able to finish because he still finished in the points. Like that is such an achievement for your debut. And I think he should yeah. be ridiculously proud of himself for that. Yeah.
0: The Definitely. way he carries himself is so good as well. You see him in interviews and the way he talks. And he, he sounds sort of. Ex- the way he addresses things and answers questions and I think that's so good going forward because he's got that ability to communicate like with the engineers and everything to improve the car did you see how he was a little bit emotional for it from his overtake on Alonso because he was like
2: yeah I yeah. was watching him back when I was seven years old and now he's just done done his late braking his lunging forward mm-hmm. around Alonso and yeah. I think that's so crazy when you think about that. Like, I don't know who your heroes are, but when you think of your hero, do you ever think you're ever going to be in a room with them, let alone like competing with them in something? Like these no. guys compete with their heroes. I know Sebastian Vettel, his hero was Michael Schumacher. They later raced against each other. Nick's hero was Sebastian Vettel. They're now racing each other, Carlos and Fernando. Like, it's absolutely crazy that these guys get to do that and beat their their heroes. I just think that's such yeah. a cool thing about Formula 1
0: yeah mm-hmm. fun fact Yuki was only i think nine ten months old when Alonso made his debut in like two thousand, which it's is
1: mental mm, it's now they're <laughs> racing against each other crazy no i think his um his late lunge down the inside of stroll was just i mean mm-hmm. he was miles back like we were watching it, and I was like is he is he for real is he gonna try and make a move from that far back and he just you wouldn't looking at that you would not think he's a rookie like that's to be pulling moves like that from race one he's definitely gonna he'll be going he'll be going places
2: he is fantastic he is really really talented I was not expecting this this form of maturity and just talent behind the wheels straight away but he's come he's come through he's come through next up Max Verstappen and i wish i could put him on the top of this yeah i wish i wish poor race well yeah it's not like it was, was a good race
3: because it showed how close mercedes and red bull actually are i think that they was proven The
2: tone of lily's voice how,
3: how hurt she <laughs> is by this sure. like tone and voice just hard for <laughs> me wants to get hamilton to get an eighth championship just so Britt has like the old time in a way like half of me thinking well, that'd be kind of cool because then a Brit would have like everything in F1 I'd like, be the greatest of all time mm-hmm. but then half of me's like no I want Max to get it this year but yeah he had a good mm-hmm. race still I think the strategy was what messed him up completely like his racing wasn't bad I think it was a strategy but yeah
0: we're gonna
2: yeah. have a conversation about this a bit later we're gonna talk all about turn four and track limits but you know I feel like that is that was the issue that was the issue and I Part of me just wishes he he hadn't have given the position back to see whether he could have you know made that five second gap if he'd have been given five second gap a five second time penalty just to see how far yeah. he could have got and whether he could have clinched
1: P one. No, I
3: get that. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. I think I was just really confused by their by their pit strategy because as soon as you know the undercut was triggered,
2: they it just didn't seem
1: to. They didn't seem to do anything. Like it just yeah. the gap was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I was like, hang on a minute, he's never going to be able to come out and get back out anywhere near Hamilton. So why are they leaving him that long? But then it wasn't as if he they left him that long for it to be like a different strategy. I don't know. It just it's not my water over. Um, it just kind of seemed to be in a bit of no man's land with the strategy. So that was yeah, that was a bit confusing. They right, usually have
3: good strategy. Red Bull, and they really your, seem to have, like yeah uh, even with yeah. your sub two
2: second pit stops the power of the undercut in Bahrain is just it's so powerful yeah they, they needed to react they really needed to react but they chose they chose not to and I yeah, really do think to. that cost that cost yeah. Verstappen a lot but yeah. you know the we, um, of his weekend the positives of his weekend yeah
0: all yeah position his yeah I was going to say his quality lap was amazing Mm -hmm. to beat someone by nearly four tenths is literally incredible, especially where this year we're assuming the cars are going to be so close. That was a mega lap and he's not been the strongest in quality. And it's clear that he's been working on that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it surprised people that he was on pole because he looked quick all weekend, but it surprised people that he was that far ahead.
3: Yeah, that was the shocking bit for me, especially that I knew he was going to get Paul in a way, but by that much, wasn't, it wasn't what anyone thought. Like you said, it was it's mad.
2: You know, he was on top all weekend until the Undercut. And, you know, yeah. credit where credit's due, he had an amazing weekend in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to go to Imola because, obviously, a lot, it's a very different track. It's a very different track. And it'll be yeah. interesting to see how these cars fare. Hopefully we'll get just as competitive a race and hopefully Max will win. In my in my opinion, I want Max to win.
3: I hope he will. I hope he will. I've got a good feeling. You know, the Red Bull seems to be like the Merck doesn't seem to be better than the Red Bull in straight line speed. In pace you know, just in general. The old the old seem they seem very, very similar. So if, yeah. If the
2: yeah. undercut hadn't
3: been powerful, would Max have won?
2: Yeah, it
1: could
2: have been a yeah. different story. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I feel like the Rebel just it's- has a bit more pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: that I think the problem with always being at the front, which is how Red Bull was so good with their strategy, was that when you're in front, you have fewer strat- strategic options because you're trying to preserve your lead. Mm-hmm. So when Mercedes used to lead, Red Bull could do anything to try and come at them, whereas yeah. now Mercedes were like, let's just throw everything at them and see what happens. Yeah, and obviously we want. I'm not sure how you guys feel about Perez, but when he gets up there and he can be that rear gunner to Max, that one. will help Red Bull out a lot, I think. And especially yeah. this this whole duel we have now between Hamilton and Verstappen is going to be make for an amazing season. Where we haven't just got the two Mercedes up front, or one With person team up front, and it's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, guys, I forgot to let you in on a bet I made last, yesterday on um, TikTok. So, if, um, if Lance wins a World Drive Championship, I have to get a Maple Leaf tattoo. Oh. Just just thought I'd let you, let you guys yeah. know. Just in case.
1: Just in yeah. case. We'll hold you to that one. <laughs> <We will. laughs> I've said it on a
2: podcast mm-hmm. now, so... Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> just talk to him. Right, next up, we have our race winner. Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton. Maris, do you want to start us off on this one? Because <laughs> I know you're a big fan of this one.
0: Yeah. Um. So, I thing is I don't think in terms of how the weekend planned out I feel like Max deserved the win because he was the quickest driver in the quickest car but the way that it played out I don't think any other driver could have managed the tyres and defended like Hamilton did um, specifically in that car and honestly it's not just because I'm like a big Hamilton fan obviously I'm happy that he won but I love I love to see that they you know they fight together and everything and I think Hamilton did I'm going to call it a Max because this is what Max does is that he outperformed his car yeah yeah because we see Bottas and he he had an okay weekend but not the greatest so I think Lewis definitely outperformed that car it's going to be Max and Lewis up front both outperforming their cars going head to head and it's going to be amazing. And you can tell, Lewis doesn't really, when he crosses the line, it's so normal to him to win. That sounds really bad. Yeah. But he never seems excited. But the whole Mercedes pit garage were ecstatic with that they're win. They <laughs> Yeah. It, so, because really they know bad. they're not the
1: quickest car. It yeah. was really obvious how much more this win meant to Mercedes than, say, the last few races at the end of last season did. Definitely. Um, even in, like, Bono was just going mental, and like seeing Toto, they showed like showed him in the in the garage at the end, and it was just obviously they're going to be over the moon for every race win because you know that's testament to their hard work. But I think this one especially, they with them recognizing that they were on the back foot a little bit, I think it meant it meant even more. So I think that plays into both um, the hard work of the team. But also Lewis's ability to try and you know control that a bit more and handle the tires and everything. Um, it was a he did have to work for it, and I think he thoroughly deserved it in the end.
0: Yeah, there was a good quote from um, from Max at the end of last year, and they said to him, "Why do Mercedes bother paying all that money just to keep Lewis Hamilton?" And Max said, "It's because in times where they're struggling, he's the one who'll deliver for you," and Max appreciates that you. That Mercedes have kept him and they're willing to pay that amount of money and I think this weekend showed that they needed Lewis to do that if it was anyone else but him I don't think it would have
1: happened. Yeah. Devon
0: could you hear
2: the, um, the Mercedes factory cheering with that win? <laughs>
1: not, not quite from here no but um, oh. yeah could, I mean can you, you can feel the good energy? And, uh, <laughs> yeah 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 it's um, mad.
2: Yeah I think Lewis is an absolute asset to Mercedes because He not only comes in and wins time and time again, but I feel like that win, especially that win where it was not under their belt from the very start, it builds morale so much, and that morale can can change them from a losing team to a winning team as such an impact. And so, yeah, I think Lewis is a real asset, and I think he had he had a better weekend when he came when it came to Sunday when it came to yeah definitely. Who's ready for the top man? Who let's could it be? See. Who could I'm it ready be? To
0: change, I'm ready
1: to change all your opinions and, with this one. <laughs> yeah, let's pause and give people, like make a make a prediction now, everyone listening. Yeah. Who do you think is gonna be on top when you can see whether whether we agree or not? Are you ready? Okay.
2: Checo!
3: Um, I'm not- I actually think that. he deserved this one. Oh. Just just like throwing it out there. Not a fan of him, but I think he really deserved
1: it. I think he did yeah, that, think. all that. He I don't know what it is about about um, Bahrain, but he just seems to be able to go from being plumb last and really make his way through the field. And I think that is something that we've maybe not seen before in the second Red Bull seat. I think for him to or for them to be able to do it say in the first race. Um I just think it was he had everything stacked against him, not yeah. including like the pressure from being in that seat. Um, and he just he seemed to just fly through the field with ease. So I think it was yeah. such a, a bold statement for him to do that coming into his first weekend for Red Bull. Definitely.
2: You know, he started the started started the race you know, stopping in a formation lap. His whole car shut down and he had to start from the pit lane. And he, he managed... I thought it was
1: over, I really did. Yeah, I really yeah, thought so that did. was it
2: for him. Felt so bad for him.
3: I but thought it was Max though, originally. I was like, oh my yeah, God, I no. Did, I, did no.
2: <laughs> a I did have a little second. Where I was like, oh God. But the way he managed to pull it back, you have to give him credit for that. And I can say yeah. that, even though I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but... Yeah, he had a brilliant race managing to get back up into those points. What position did he finish? P uh, oh, P5 P5. Right behind Mr. London Norris, he couldn't he couldn't quite catch the Flying Brit. Um but he he did have a strong weekend. Qualifying didn't go his way, but that was that was his own fault because he his first lap mm. got deleted from track limits. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can I I'm going to chip in here. They put Perez on mediums. And yeah. Max on softs in Q2, which is a, a bit of an odd decision considering they know that Max is their faster driver. So he'd be more capable to get into Q2 with, um, mm. sorry, yeah,
3: get through sorry. Q2 on mediums. Mm. Didn't Max set his fastest lap on mediums Obviously, he started the race on mediums. So he had to have set his Q2 lap, his fastest Q2 lap on mediums otherwise. He just started the race on softs. Like, I think they put didn't they put him out on softs to do an outlet? Then they brought him in and then he did. They put them both on mediums for the strategy and then Perez just was a bit couldn't do it in the nicest way possible. But yeah, it was it yeah, was a weird strategy. To put, yeah, it was a weird strategy to put Perez on mediums. But I feel like we expected him with 10 years experience to be able to do it. Yeah, I think Paris
2: has such high expectations coming into that team, like because people, people, when you immediately think Paris now, you think that Sakir win. No that, yeah. that is the first thing that comes to my mind, and so I feel like we have these high expectations for him to come in and be that teammate Max needs. But
3: whether yeah. that's gonna yeah. straight away, who I knows, think it might. Who
2: knows? If if yeah. he'd have started in the top ten, higher up in the top ten, then he could have very well. What I can't speak English. He could very have very easily could have very easily yeah. There for the podium. I think he could have taken out Bottas. Yeah, so do yeah. I. I. definitely
1: think he would have got P three. And especially like- with Bottas's slow stop, and if yeah. Perez had
2: yeah, definitely. I quite enjoyed that slow pit stop. I cannot lie to you.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> quite enjoyed it myself. Has anyone got anything else to add on Perez
0: before we move on to our next section? Yeah. No, why with- not? With any new car, I think there's going to be teething issues to get yeah. used to it, especially yeah. one as sort of erratic like the Red Bull, where every driver says they can't control the rear end and things. It looks so, better this year, though. Yeah, yeah it better. does look much better. So, hopefully, they'll Paris will get back into shape for the next race and we we'll can yeah. see both Red Bulls up there getting podiums. I like that. So
2: Next up on our race review is race rewind. Guess what that means? So difficult to understand. Yeah. Who, who knows what that is? So no race clue. rewind is the section in the in the race reviews where we're basically going to go over any interesting stuff that happened in the race that we couldn't cover in the pyramid. So I think we should start by talking
3: about the famous turn four. So in have um, you out of this? I ever- might out <laughs> of this one, I of this one because you no. Know, I'd like to keep our comments nice, so <laughs> I might just I might just not comment because people won't like whatever I say.
2: <laughs> so turn
3: four in Quali, if
2: you had all four wheels off of this this turn, if you were off the track, that was track limits. Your track your track time was deleted. However, when it came to the race day, you were allowed to do this as long as you weren't gaining a lasting advantage. There's yeah. this whole grey area because. What is a lasting advantage? Yeah, is a lasting think... advantage making a move off the track, or is it because yeah. Lewis Hamilton having four wheels off the track and going quicker, he's gaining, he's while well, he's losing time, getting a quicker lap. Surely that's a lasting advantage as well. It's this whole big grey area, and I really do not know where I stand because my my involved. Think...
3: Max having to give the place back get that you know we, we understand racing rules mm-hmm. like I feel like people sort of getting mixed up between what we're trying to say Max having to give the place back understandable if he did got a penalty understandable I think the problem was Louis said it 29 times 29 you know Okay, the race, if the stewards said they weren't going to do anything about it during the race, completely fine. But then when Red Bull came on to Max and told him to start doing it, then the stewards gave Lewis a warning. And I just think that it's the inconsistency that's the problem. Yep. It, it's, yeah. I get them not wanting to highlight it because it'd be too hard to monitor it completely. Well, it's track centre, so it wouldn't have been that hard. But I just think that it takes 29 times. And then if that's the racing line, that's fine but then max overtaking on the racing line like that was lewis's racing line he took so just i I know that isn't how it works you're being devil's advocate it's fine yeah like i know it that isn't how it works i get why Max to the place but i'm not that bothered about that bit because it's the racing rules i think the problem is 29 times that's over half the race he spent off the track i just think you know it's the inconsistency with the fia that one minute it's fine and the next minute it's not fine I think it's just a little bit like okay yeah
1: I think it's the inconsistency and also it's it's a lot easier to see that Max gained an advantage there but it's a lot harder to come to decision as to whether Lewis had a lasting advantage from taking yeah. that line over yeah. and he wasn't the only person that did it um there was quite a few drivers that used varying lines across there, but generally they were all very, or well, not very far over, but you know, pushing the track limits. Um, but I think it's one of those things that it's so difficult to, to make a decision for um, the FIA and people are always gonna have their opinions on it. And I think it's something that the FIA in future, in terms of track limits, they need to have a kind of clearer set of rules um, you know I think Will Buxton asked the question to a lot of the drivers about what was the rule um, in both Corley and the race and it seems as though the the drivers were all aware of the rules or the track limits that there were you know there was a, a hard limit but yeah I just it was such a complex situation for somebody to get your head around and I I just I'm a bit I'm a bit the same. I don't really know where, where to stand yeah.
3: on it. I think yeah. it's finding where you draw the line. And for the FIA yeah. like if they'd have kept it the, if he hadn't have gave Hamilton a warning. Different story, but I feel like cause they gave him a warning after Red Bull complained, it just made it look like, well, yeah, he is gaining an advantage, but you know, we're just gonna sit back and say nothing. I don't know. It's over with and I get I get that. But I think it's just like you said, in the future there needs to be a little bit more straight to the point with us not with us with the drivers obviously (laughs) (laughs) the FIA they they do this
0: weird thing where they've said we're not we're not going to specifically say you can't go off but we're going to like monitor it which basically says they're doing on a driver by driver basis which is creating complete buyer bias and making it really unfair because they're saying oh we'll see a couple of drivers do it and we'll decide who deserves to get a penalty or whatever and if you yeah. say to a driver, we're not going to penalise you for going out there and the driver says, oh, I can go out there and get an advantage, they're going to do it because they're racing drivers and they want to find the fastest way around. So it's such a difficult situation because the FIA need to crack down on it and say, right, this is the rule, this is what you've got to do, done. And yeah. it's, it's hard to tell how much of an advantage you gain by doing that. But even if it's like 0.01 per lap, that's easily like a couple of tenths or like up. half a second yeah. over a race distance, which could which might have been the difference between Hamilton winning and Verstappen winning. So yeah. the FIA need to sort that out because they do it at, at specific tracks, like USA. I know there's a corner where they've said can't go over time got deleted race and
2: the last corner of and like the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the
2: issue with this whole lasting advantage thing is a driver is going to take the line they believe is the quickest why would they take any other line when they're racing apart from obviously if they're overtaking you're gonna have to move a little bit but when you're when you're leading and you're race you're driving along you know chilling chilling up in front you're gonna still take the quickest route and so surely that's a lasting advantage i can't see why that wouldn't be passed as a lasting advantage personally
3: yeah i think it's a sticky one and we've sort of hit nail on the head with it like the FA just needs to be straight with everything they need to nail it down yeah I think
1: also it's there's the other argument that what if Max had already made that move by the time they got to that corner or you know where they were kind of measuring it from whereas wheels were in comparison to Lewis's as well and I just think there's so many different factors that come into that situation and it's just I mean, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like an impossible thing to, judge, to try yeah. and to judge. Yeah. yeah. I think going forward, I just it makes no sense to me as to why the uh, track limits like change from session to session. Like, Would it not just be easier for the drivers and for the stewards to keep it uniform across the weekend? Well, it's like just, they, yeah. they came
2: into the weekend saying they weren't going
0: to be very strict on track limits and then,
2: mm. and then in quality we <laughs> had
0: drivers times being deleted. Yeah, the drivers often influence it. Apparently last year they said in practice, right, we're going to have extreme track limits, turn four. The drivers went, no, we don't want that. And they changed it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's sort of weird, the FIA getting influenced by the drivers and what they want to do. And I think what's interesting is if Verstappen had overtaken Hamilton at a different part of the track, would we be talking about all the other drivers going through turn four like that? Mm -hmm. like would it have been a problem so if Verstappen had overtaken like I don't know like down the straight and done it or maybe gone off track at a different place and then had to give the place back would everyone be coming at Hamilton for turn four yeah because they were unrelated they may not have noticed that because it it wasn't an argument against Verstappen giving the place back yeah he definitely flagged it
1: up with that move it was made very obvious but yeah, as you say, if that hadn't happened, who knows whether it would have been blown up into, into what it is now, but yeah. yeah. The grey area
2: needs to become un
0: It's
1: very yeah. grey at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> very grey.
0: We need to get the rubber out and... Yeah. yeah, I do not blame Red Bull for doing that. When you're fighting that close, you have to say, this team's doing that. You have to snitch on yeah. each other. Be, like, because you're not going to win. Yeah, that's how you do it. The amount of times Christian Horn has gone to the stewards and said, Lewis deserves <laughs> this penalty... To be fair, he does deserve a penalty. You know, when he um, had that in Austria last year, first race, he deserved that grid penalty because he was yeah. had the quality lap under yellow flags. And that shows you how experienced Horner is and how much he wants to win. And I think Lewis should be more careful. Picked up a lot of penalty points last year.
3: Especially um, around Horner because Horner will... Yeah. Horner's just... He's like... Attention he's to detail is just on it he he sees someone like he, with the mask below the nose and he's straight to michael massey like find them find them like honestly it's quite funny at times i love that from him though i love yeah it,
2: it could never I be guess. me i'm too much of a wet wife
1: but
3: same i just sit there yeah. and go oh it's fine you can cheat okay. don't worry. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> yeah.
1: i guess when it's all that close across the field something like that can make such a difference as well that i think aside from christian horner anybody would do it and you know yeah. we've seen that last year with um people kind of ganging up on on racing point for, for yeah it was a that, yeah. that was a but weird that, one it wasn't just it wasn't just racing points competitors like obviously there was you know some of their direct Everyone. competitors protested but then like people like williams were involved as well who weren't directly race yeah. it, everyone just
3: protested so I like, have a bit of fun I think it was like, yeah. we just jumping bored, on the bandwagon <laughs> <Yeah, Yeah>. <laughs> <finishing laughs> not racing for a bit let's just protest some well it's anything for a little yeah. advantage
0: it's all yeah. about the small gains you've got to do it otherwise why are you there? You need to take yeah. every opportunity that you have 100%. exactly
2: exactly Mercedes seemed to have got themselves a bit of a Bahrain pit stop curse. Um so obviously last year in Sakir. We had George Russell come in and he got put on, he had Bottas's tyres put on him. And then so Bottas came in and had an absolute mare and they ended up putting the same tyres back on, him come out. George comes back round, gets his proper tyres put on and then he gets a puncture and we cry and yeah, we cry a lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we had round two of that. Does someone want to explain what happened for round two of the Mercedes pit stop curse?
3: Mercedes just messed it up you know they're nothing like Red Bull on their pit stops like Red Bull oh, they're do no hold, but they are the <laughs> top they just messed up Bottas's so it looks like so the, obviously the front jack man that's I don't know what I'm doing, the man who does the front jack he sort of let it go and the front wheel wasn't on and I thought I think it's autopilot I just thought they haven't even got it off they haven't, they haven't even got the old tire off and he's just stood there and he's thinking why's the car like going I think he'd lift the car back up you know, if someone's getting sacked. So we can just say that someone is getting sacked. I think
2: because of where that guy stands, like from the direction that he comes in, he's looking at so if I'm looking at the front of the of Botas' like he's not looking at a little impression. the right one, he's looking at the left left front tire. And so as soon as he sees that done, his natural reaction, because of auto or he's on autopilot, is to mm. release the car. But obviously, the right one was not even off yet and so yeah it was still absolute was mess just, stood there for a good like a good amount of time just like being like just staring why isn't the car thinking, moving
3: <laughs> and i'm thinking ju- just just put it, put it back He's just looking like looking isn't doing anything
0: that's you really odd see. that
3: yeah that's really odd that he like fully put the car
0: down sort of like w- wandered away it was oh that's me done let me go on my break now yeah, like, oh, i'm done no,
1: for the day yeah
3: quick go back that's my shift yeah <laughs> crying out you're right there yeah yeah
1: fine <laughs> my um my thinking is that when he put it back down he assumed that that right front tire was just being put on as opposed to it's not even come off yet like he was I don't know maybe he was thinking Oh, just need to you know it's not quite been tightened on or whatever but yeah for the fact it didn't even come off the first time he's thinking oh yeah we've actually still got to get a tyre off and back on again. So, yeah, it comes back into muscle memory. I mean, you don't see... Well, actually, I'd say you see some at least one slow stop a race, maybe. Maybe to not that extent of we being had a... We te- some slow Red Bull stops. We had a slow one yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. So. Red
0: Bull slow ones are normally, like,
3: two and a half, three seconds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you think that's...
0: Though.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they're,
3: Red and they're doing, only round yeah. here. No, when Red Bull do like a two and a half second stop you think oh god they're slacking today What's but when happening? like Mercedes do it yeah. you're like oh okay that's quite a good stop. Someone hasn't had yeah. their Weetabix. Yeah.
1: Or <laughs> their porridge and uh, mm. the yeah, game. Yeah Mercedes. Mm. I think yeah. uh, that is is a bit of a curse for a few people now I mean we spoke about Perez earlier he obviously had a, basically the same thing happen to him. Yeah he doesn't he doesn't really start the race well does yeah. so. he? yeah exactly was Poor laps, sod. first lap or whatever and then you know made it through both times to finish I mean obviously he didn't win the race this time but you know he did bloody well Good to well. get up again so yeah. yeah I think Bahrain is slowly becoming one of my favourites So I must say I was it was I've never, never
3: liked it like I've never no. liked it, and then recently I'm like hmm okay we Yeah, I don't petition. know whether it's,
1: it's because we've been there so often and such yeah a we're sort cool. of used to it it's now i think oh yeah
3: bahrain yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. petition so, for it to be the season opener every year yeah, yeah. i would
1: be
3: cool um, with that it's better mm. than australia as a season opener
0: yeah it gives you australia gives you no idea what the cars are like because it's just the really St- narrow street track
3: and it's such an, really an odd yeah like no it's such indication. an odd track
0: yeah yeah i think what do you guys think about mercedes pit stop in terms of that's sort of an indication of Red Bull, like the pressure Red Bull are putting on them, getting to them, because that was like mid-race. They were struggling with strategy. I don't know why they pitted Bottas at that point. Was this his It was first really odd. Or his second one? This he was his second. He, and he didn't oh, people, yeah. Because yeah, well, they just longer. pitted Hamilton, and we assumed, oh, they're going to make Bottas go long, try and get closer to Verstappen to sort of push him into a corner, and then they p- sort of pitted him for no reason. And I think that was maybe them thinking, all oh, the breakfast happened so fast, we're not going to catch him. And the pressure sort of getting to them and doing a sort of a, oh, quick, we have to pit, come in, do it. And it, w- it wasn't a planned thing. And that's probably why they freaked out a bit and didn't do it properly. Well, Valtteri was
2: saying over the radio, we even heard the message where he was like, can we try the other, other strategy? And he even was saying in his post race interview, he was like, I wanted to do the other strategy. He was openly... Yeah disappointed with the team's decision to make him come in but it seems like that that was what kind of ruined his race was this strategy call that he never wanted to make in the first place I want to know what are your thoughts on like should we be giving drivers more opportunity like to influence their strategy like yeah that's happened a few times before
1: us it's difficult because they don't have the wealth of knowledge that the pit wall has right at their disposal but equally the pit wall don't have the feel for the the tires that drivers Mm -hmm. have like it's so difficult to translate a feeling into words so you've only got so much of driver feedback that's actually making somewhat of a difference like I don't know for example a driver says, oh, I think I could go an extra three laps or something that's obviously like a numerical piece of data that the that the pit wall can use to kind of factor into their decisions but if it's about feeling and if it's about you know I feel that these tires are really hindering you know my grip or just my pace in general that's it's a lot harder to justify from a feeling if that makes sense and the the pit will have got to then make a decision as to whether their information is more useful or they trust their information more than just a driver saying that he feels that it's wrong so yeah yeah I don't know
0: because suddenly a tire could just drop off the cliff one lock up and it's gone and then that that's their whole strategy gone. They've got to change plan and everything. So that's quite interesting. Also, it's the first race and they're already dissing Bottas. Yeah. Like they've gone, right, you're not quick enough to catch up with Hamilton and Versap, and we're just going to do whatever you want. No, we're going to bring you
2: me. in so you can set the fastest lap so you can get that extra point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: If it reminds me of what they used to do to Kimi, which is just leave him out as long as possible, mess up his strategy, just to try and back someone into another one. But it obviously didn't work this time. Mm-hmm. I do
1: really feel for for Bottas I don't know I just think when you're next to Lewis anything if you're not beating him then you've you've lost like yeah yes well, I just I can't like comprehend how he does it sometimes and is able to just keep going because I don't think I'd be able to to cope in that sort of situation, so... I don't have the minutes It's got a special place in my heart, Bottas. I just... I don't know. He's, he, he's funny.
2: He lost that special place in my heart when I saw his full moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I get that. Yeah. i was traumatised. A yeah. little bit, a little bit.
2: Um, so, obviously, we, we haven't spoken about all the teams, but, you know, Alfa Romeo, Haas, Williams. Haas... Well, we spoke about Haas. They yeah, banned you nice. ice. Alfa yeah. Mayo. Shocked me. It's right Yeah, Ocon was in one of his interviews for F1 TV, and he goes, "Yeah, we had some really good fighting with Giovinazzi," and he was speaking about it as if that happens every freaking race. I was like, "You were fighting with Giovinazzi? Like, do you know what? Like, that's that's kind of weird for us."
3: Yeah, they seem to have a pretty decent car. Like, I don't know, it's going to be a close one. Apart from Haas, I feel like all the other teams might be close. Like, I know we're going to touch on Williams. They seemed. Improved. they were there like i like said was, like george was in the points for a bit sitting until, pretty in p10 yeah. until kimmy yeah. decided to, you know yeah, like, yeah we were all praying for him but it was a good
2: move though. yeah it was a good move from kimmy i can't can't lie it was a nice overtake yeah
3: i think them two teams they were just sort of there they didn't really do anything mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. do it the track yeah. did an all right job you know we just didn't do anything notable didn't do anything that was bad good it was just
1: so it was just turned a, up yeah. race. Well, I think Left. especially Alfa, Alfa Romeo they just had a, a kind of solid race like it wasn't I think they are just lacking some pace because they can't you know they are on the edges of of being in the points but um I think one of the things we said in the first podcast about Alfa Romeo is that their consistency was kind of all over the place yeah so it'd be interesting to see whether they can you know bring that fight a bit further more consistently um yeah and then I guess with with Haas and Williams, I feel they've swapped in the sense that Haas are now firmly at the kind of bottom of the grid, um, whereas Williams might not be massive improvements, but I think they are on the right track. Whereas Haas, you know, we've we've spoken about it loads. but yeah. yeah, they just seem to. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for them.
2: Honourable mention yeah. to McLaren. They had they had a really good re- weekend. They don't seem to yeah. have the I feel like last year they were stronger in quali than they were in the race. And I feel like it's a bit of the opposite now. They're a lot stronger in the race than they are in quali. But, you know, we had Lando finish P4 and I think Daniel was P8, was it? He was around there, around there. Yeah, I think he was. P7. 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 They both had all right weekends. Daniel was a bit bored, but Lando impressed me. He impressed me. Yeah, Yeah, they
3: both did. Again, they were just sort of there again. Like, you know, did what we kind of expected. Mm-hmm. there yeah yeah I think Alfa Romeo quickly going back to that they were just
0: outside the points But if you think of all the things that happened so Alonso would have been ahead of them Ocon and Vettel may have been if they hadn't had that collision so mm-hmm. it lo- I don't want to put them down it looks like they did well They think they were 11th and 12th but there were quite a few incidents but I think yeah I do think yeah. that they have the pace though no I genuinely think that they have the pace. no I get what you mean like Gaz they should have been
3: ahead there. of them Galaxy should have been Ooh, ahead we'll, of them. We'll get on that. We'll touch on we'll to yeah. guys, but I think quite a few of them, you know, quite a few people should have been ahead of them. But yeah, it's still progress.
1: I think maybe yeah. on the right tracks, they might have that might have advantage over yeah. some of the other midfielders. But I mean, it's early days. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. yeah.
2: So our final section of our race reviews is a section we like to call hit or miss. We each pick one driver who is our hit, the best of the day, the driver of the day, if you will, and then we have our miss, the driver who was not impressive at all.
3: Yeah, just, yeah, just
2: they were the lacking. Yeah. They were lacking. They need to improve for next race.
3: So, who yeah. wants to start
2: with their hit or miss?
3: I'll start if you want. You know, I'll, I'll. hit or miss. Right. So, my hit was Sonoda. It couldn't be, couldn't have been anyone else for me. I didn't have high expectations at all. He. You- he blew me away mm-hmm. he just blew me away like honestly for a little five foot three Yuki Tsunoda who did an amazing job you know again obviously his places he could improve he even said that but it was the overtaken Alonso that just just picked oh. it for me mm-hmm. like that I was between him and Perez and then you know I took into consideration the overtaken Alonso you know P9 rookie just picked it but yeah again we've covered Tsunoda briefly before so there isn't really much else I can add to it but honestly it just well. made my heart happy. Yeah, he was amazing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. Who was your miss? Right, my miss was Alonzo. Okay. I know that that was probably I know his race was ended by a crisp packet going into like the ducts or something. Was like it that. a crisp packet? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I read. It. it was like a crisp packet or like a ticket thing. Something went into his break. Yeah. But even then, he didn't really his qualifying was good. His qualifying was very, very good. But the way he's hyped himself up. You know, I'm better than Hamilton. I'm better than Verstappen. It just was there again. He didn't really do anything. It was between him and a few others, but he was the one I had the most expectations for, mm-hmm. and it didn't really follow through. It just sort of again, like I keep saying, that people. Some people were just at the track and they didn't really do anything. He was one of them. A bit gutted to see him retire. You know, it is a bit gutting for him. But he hyped himself up to be this like big, you know, I am I'm the one, and then he wasn't. So I think that's the letdown for me. So yeah, that was the letdown.
0: Maris, who are your hit on hit and miss hit and misses? So my hit is Charles Leclerc. Um, so obviously we know he had an amazing quality. and he was actually under a tenth behind Bottas, which oh, is, is mental. Ooh. And yeah. he was, un- I think, he was seven eight tenths behind Verstappen as well yeah and considering in that Ferrari he qualified something like 11th 12th last year at Bahrain how much progress they've made and I think we were sort of doubting him when we saw Carlos in that car maybe in Q2 and things and he pulled out the bag on one lap as well he missed he didn't have a first run so I think he only had one set of tyres he came out and he smashed it in quali yeah and then start of the race got straight past Bottas held him behind for a couple of laps It was so impressive because the Ferrari didn't look amazing at testing and they've obviously made a lot of progress and he's helped drive them forward. So that was like incredible. And he still managed to maintain that pace, finished sixth, was ahead of Ricardo who we think is the better car than McLaren. So that was very impressive that he was able to stay ahead of him as well. Um, My miss which is weird because he finished on the podium but it's Valtteri Bottas. Purely in the fact that, one, it's, it's contradicting my, my hit, basically, is that Charles Leclerc, Leclerc passed him at the start and because Bottas hasn't had the greatest starts, he didn't at the end say, of last yeah. year, he dropped off a yeah. bit, yeah. And letting Leclerc get past him, as, as soon as he got back past Leclerc, he was already five, six se- seconds off the Verstappen-Hamilton battle and that was crucial because he never gained that back and if anything he lost it yeah. up until obviously his pit stop he kept falling behind I think he was eight nine seconds behind so he and people have already written him off because what's going to happen is Lewis and Verstappen the, the are going to go at it push each other they're going to get better and better as the season goes on and if Valtteri isn't part of that fight he can't get better and better and challenge them and he's going to be left behind in their dust
3: um, yeah
0: so like I know Valtteri wants to be the one to challenge Hamilton but right now it's not it's not going that way
1: no
2: it will be interesting to see whether he can pull it back fingers crossed fingers yeah crossed Devon hit or miss
1: okay so my hit is Lando Norris um I think it's he it, it, it was kind of running his own race in a in a way um, yeah. you know from the start he did really well to get past, um, he got past Daniel, got past Charles obviously Pierre had problems but got past him as well so he made the crucial start that he needed to and I think that's testament to you know we've seen in the past that McLaren have been pushing him to be a bit more aggressive and when it comes to race starts or you know making that risky pass and I think that's we've really seen him develop in that sense um and then from then on he just seemed to have everything under control like there was nobody that was really pressurizing him too much um he wasn't he was kind of catching Bottas but not really um so I think from that sense he might not be an obvious choice as somebody who's done really well in a race but I think yeah he may he he kind of made the the advances at the beginning that he needed to and I think getting past Daniel's quite a crucial moment for him maybe personally I don't know um yeah but yeah I just think think he had a he didn't put a foot wrong really um and then my miss and we've already spoken about it but it's Vettel um as I said before I think for me it's a large part of it is because he was so hyped and everybody was so like excited to see him as you know the new Seb the new smiley Seb and I just think it's really not gone his way some of it was his fault some of it wasn't um yeah but I just there was really nothing that (laughs) that that saved his weekend so yeah poor Quali. don't know what happened very poor Uh, quality And then just making mistakes that doesn't seem like mistakes that Seb would make usually. So, yeah, disappointing.
2: Yeah. So my hit is Carlos Sainz. This is more so because of his Q2. And I know I'm going to get attacked. People are going to be like, yeah, but he was on soft. like, yes, I'm aware. But it was just astonishing to see him up in that place. It was such... It was such... A good moment, and you can actually go over to our TikTok at Sect One Podcast and see our reaction yeah. to Carlos setting that fastest lapping Q2. And I just think it was an amazing moment. And I think he shocked us all with that. And then in the race, just his moves past Vettel and Alonso. I just thought they were absolutely brilliant. Like they had a bit yeah, of back and forth for a while, but you yeah. know, Carlos came in and took them both and was like, see you later. That was that, that was the move yeah. of the
1: race. Yeah. The move yeah. of the race.
2: Yeah. And He's that is
1: why brilliant. he is my hit. He's yeah. very opportunistic in that sense when he's just, you know, he sees something and he goes for it. And I think yeah. he did well. That was Such good. a brilliant driver like that.
2: So for yeah. my miss, this, this breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to have to say this, but it is Pierre Gasly. And so basically when we <laughs> were just this to the pyramid, <laughs> you guys wanted to put Pierre Gasly in the pyramid. And I was like, yeah, but he, he didn't have very good front wing spatial awareness. And this is why he is my miss. Pierre knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing and you know to to clip it to clip his front wing like that do better <laughs> do better and i know i can't really talk because you know can't drive but um i just i just feel like it was it was a silly little mistake that he made you know it was a first lap instant kind of thing so it's not necessarily all
3: his fault but yeah i just i just thought he could still... do
2: better he's a he's a yeah.
0: driver and he
2: can do he's better. a
3: race winner he yeah. is a race winner. We cool. expect more. Mm-hmm.
0: He struggled to come through the field when Yuki managed to do it. I don't yeah, know how exactly. much damage he had. Yeah, because the fact yeah. that yeah Yuki fell at the start, came back, got points, and Pierre couldn't do it.
3: Yeah, then he just won. retired. So yeah. poor, poor sod again, you know. Poor He's sod. just one of them. You know, that, that should be our little segment, you know, the poor sods of the race. <laughs> the poor sods of the, the race. The poor sod section.
2: <laughs> So that is the Bahrain Grand Prix race, re- Let's race it review. Let's do again. race review. Um so that was the Bahrain Grand Prix race review. We've had the pyramid, race rewind and hit or miss. We hope you guys like the structure of this. Let yeah. us know if you have any thoughts on it and let us know your thoughts on the Grand Prix. Were you happy with the results because I know I know we have mixed mixed opinions over here. Some of us were happy, yeah, it's some 50-50. of us we're
3: not- it's just a bit of a 50 but yeah so yeah, yeah
2: make sure you come
3: back next
2: week for our new episode we are super excited about this one we can't tell you too much however it is very exciting and we have a very special guest joining us we will see you then make sure you follow up sector one on everything yeah. <laughs> <gasps>